Well, we now know Canada's carbon price is constitutional, according to the highest court in this country. Earlier today, that ruling from the Supreme Court of Canada, the federal environment minister, Jonathan Wilkinson, hailing the ruling, calling it historic, saying that the ruling means it will be full steam ahead with pricing carbon pollution in every part of Canada. We are certainly open to discussion, um, but I would say that, uh, that I think today the issue around whether carbon pricing forms part of Canada's plan with respect to uh, reducing emissions is over. Um, we will be moving forward with a carbon price. That law was being challenged by Saskatchewan, Ontario and Alberta with BC an intervener in the case. So let's bring on Chris Sims, the BC director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Chris, great to have you on the program today. Thanks for having us. Well, I know your group has been very much opposed to this and has done a lot of the math as far as what this is going to cost families when this goes ahead or with the increases planned for the carbon tax. So what is your thought on the Supreme Court of Canada ruling? Well, we were also interveners uh, on the other side of the fence. Uh, we were out there defending provinces like Alberta and Saskatchewan, saying that this wasn't fair. So we're disappointed. Uh, but just because something is constitutional or legal uh, per se doesn't mean that it's right or that people can afford it. And so that's how we're going to continue our fight against uh, both the federal carbon tax and the B.C. carbon tax and the second carbon tax, which is going to be coming into effect pretty soon. Uh, what do you say to the uh, the argument then or the 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 response to that which is often looking at the rebates saying this is how much a family in Alberta will get this is how much a family in Saskatchewan would get as rebates uh, saying that uh, that's how it becomes so it's not actually penalizing people that's a great question uh, here in British Columbia number one we are the template so they have used our provincial carbon tax which we've had since 2008 as an example for the rest of the country so we're the leaders in this sense. Our rebates are meaningless for average families. And by that, I mean your BC carbon tax rebate completely evaporates, gone, poof, by the time a two-person working family hits $59,000 per year. Our average two-person working family in BC is $84,000 per year. So if they try to tell you that you're going to get more back, that's just absolutely not true, especially here in BC. To give you an idea, to get the full rebate, so if you want to get the maximum rebate, which is $900 a year here in BC, your family of four must make less than $41,000 a year. $41,000. So when they start peddling rebates, especially here in BC, uh, they're mostly meaningless, and we're worried that very soon that will be the case across Canada. Uh, some of the, the premiers have responded, if not all of them at this point, uh, saying uh, that, well, obviously they're not, uh, the premiers who were uh, challenging this, not uh, impressed by this. Uh, what do you think is going to happen now or what can happen? Because we're still hearing from some of the premiers saying, that's fine, we're still going to go about this our own way. Well, maybe they can do something really creative, like carbon capture for their industries, something like that, without punishing average working people for, you know, filling up their vehicles, for eating, because, of course, farmers pay the carbon tax, for heating their homes. And we need to really stress that Justin Trudeau lied. Before the last election, he said very clearly that they were not going to increase the carbon tax past $50 per ton. They're now going to jack it up to 170 dollars per ton within the next nine years. So by 2030, what that means is a price on your average liter of gasoline is going to be 37 and a half cents. That will be a $27 extra to fill up a minivan. 
45 bucks extra to fill up just a light-duty pickup truck. And for folks who use natural gas to heat their homes, look at your bill, figure out how much you use, and do the math. Uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those uh, politician language things, isn't it? When we look back to when they said they had no plans at that time mm-hmm. to increase uh, the carbon tax. Uh, that may well have been true, uh, but not exactly what Canadians were expecting. It, was, it wasn't true a couple days later. And so that's where you really have to pin these guys down, no matter which party they're in, of do you have plans at any time to do this? Because they tried to squeak that in with not, not at this time. And so now uh, the Supreme Court has spoken. Uh, again, just because it's constitutional doesn't mean that we have to have one. So it's not as if it's some decree from on high that, you know, you must have a carbon tax. That's decided by the people and in Parliament. So if folks listening don't want a carbon tax, pick up the phone, call Premier John Horgan, who, by the way, used to rail against the B.C. carbon tax. Back in 2008, he was leading in in the legislature, axed the tax. It was going to cost people way too much to drive to work and heat their homes. And now uh, he's presiding over the highest carbon tax in Canada. It's not even called revenue neutral anymore. And all of the money goes back into general revenue. And this is the kicker. As a small e environmentalist, emissions are going up in B.C., up, not down. They've gone up 10% in the past three years, and they have gone up in five of the last seven. So it's not working. It's just taking our money. And so it's super frustrating to see a decision like this today, but we'll keep fighting. Uh, Dan Kelly with the Canadian Federation of Independent Business uh, put out uh, on Twitter earlier today, say, uh, he put out a, a tweet saying, it is time for Ontario, Manitoba, Saskatchewan and Alberta to take the reins of the carbon pricing regime and ditch the awful federal backstop with a fair system for small business. The current federal version means punishing taxes on small firms to pay for rebates to consumers. Consumers. Uh, what do you say about that? That in and of itself is going to be a big fight because the federal backstop is called a backstop because that's the line that Trudeau has drawn, which, by the way, we are signed on to. So even if Premier Horgan decided to change his mind and have a change of heart and say, you know what, I was right back in 2008. This is screwing over working people. We're not going to have a carbon tax in D.C. He would still have to fight Trudeau because we're now signed on to the backstop. So we heartily encourage every single premier to continue fighting against the Trudeau government on this issue because this backstop, as they put it in air quotes, is unaffordable. Again, when it's $170 a ton and it's going to be within the next nine years, for example, it will be 45 cents per liter of diesel. So just one of those cylinders on those trucks that deliver everything we, you know, food, furniture is going to be 200 bucks extra just in this carbon tax. This will make everything more expensive. And if you're using BC as an example for rebates, those evaporate for average people really, really quickly. Uh, what would you suggest then when we look at why this is this is coming in? So even if we, we take a leap of faith and say the 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 reason for this is good. The reason for this is to address climate change, mm-hmm. to play a role in, in, in stopping, uh, reducing emissions, to be part of the global players that uh, admit, yes, climate change is real. Yes, we need to do something. Mm-hmm. If this isn't doing it, if this is not reaching that goal, what should we be doing? Great question. So number one, as everybody will tell everybody, uh, Canada produces, what is it, less than 2% of global emissions. If we really want to reduce global emissions, sell more of our natural gas to India. If we sell more of our natural gas to India, where millions and millions of people are still burning uh, wood pulp and dried animal dung, we will dramatically reduce global emissions. 
We will increase uh, air cleanliness. We'll reduce the pollutants there. And we will free up rural women from the drudgery of gathering firewood and animal dung. And we'll be getting natural gas coming from Canada, where we have some of the best labor standards and best environmental standards in the world. So it's win-win-win. It's win for the environment. It's win for women in India. And it's win for Canadian workers. If they seriously want to reduce emissions, do that instead. Uh, Chris, I want to shift gears a little bit. Uh, when we first asked you to come on, it was yeah. uh, solely for this, but I know you're uh, now also joining the conversation about TransLink. Uh, we uh, had the news break just a short time ago. Transit fares are going up. Uh, there's also going to be an increase in property taxes uh, for people that was approved by TransLink. Uh, your thoughts on that? Well, just as, you know, I hear from people who ride transit all the time and use TransLink, uh, I'd like to remind them that it was the same TransLink executive board that told us last spring that since we're all in this together, that they were taking a 10% pay cut at their executive board. They didn't. They turned around and they used taxpayers' emergency money from COVID to top their salaries back up. And... The outgoing CEO, they're currently looking for a new bus boss. The outgoing CEO at the time was making about the same amount as a transit boss for New York City. These folks at the top get paid way too much. And so if they can make the case that they absolutely must increase transit fares and they must increase the TransLink tax for homeowners, okay, they should actually take salary reductions for real this time, not pretend and they should dramatically reduce how much their next CEO gets paid because they need to make the argument that they need the money just to keep the lights on. Walk the walk. All right, Chris, we'll leave it there. Thanks, as always, for coming on the show. Thank you. Chris Sims is the BC Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. We're going to open up the phone lines once again. What are your thoughts on the Supreme Court of Canada ruling saying the carbon tax, uh, the tax and rebate program is, in fact, constitutional?